1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in the traveling minstrel of our group, Kate. Kate, good to see you.
2: Hi, Derek. Don't worry. I'm Still here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wherever here is, wherever you're still here. here
2: is right now, it's at a room, a dorm room in California. So which
1: is so much fun for those of us over 30.
2: Yes. Yes, that.
1: Or older. So next we've got Pete. Pete, glad to have you with us.
3: Hey, yeah. It looks like Kate's in a bathroom or something.
1: It's yeah. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> it's the dorm room. I asked
3: her. <laughs> That doesn't help. That's just the shower curtain. No,
2: <laughs> it's a window. Oh,
3: okay,
1: okay.
2: This is why I can't have nice things. That's fine.
1: Sure. <laughs> and last but not least, we've got Steve. Steve, glad to have you with us this week.
4: Hey, hello, everyone. <laughs> Guys,
1: you've Steve's not just already- at home. Yeah, I'm
4: just I'm at home.
1: home. I'm back at home. Pete's at home. Kate's off gallivanting across the universe. So, guys, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. That way you never miss any of our episodes and any other fun stuff we might post on any of our social media. So, this week we have watched the Stan Lee documentary that came out first of June ish, I think, right around that time. Um, and it basically follows Stan Lee's life. In his own 99% of it is his own words talking about his life growing up. About the only things that aren't his own words are people talking about their relationship with him. Um, his wife is in there, some a little bit. Uh, a couple of the other artists are in there, including a very interesting conversation at the end. Um, and so. It's got video clips. It has some interesting like model almost like the stop motion type or the 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 is it the tilt shift type stuff that makes like movies look like they're like toys. But it, this one is truly models. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they did it, but it was pretty pretty
2: yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't know the name of that.
1: Yeah. Um so that was the documentary. It basically goes through his entire life up until Basically, starting the start of the movies and showed some of his cameos and then filming a couple of the different cameos that he did in the different early Marvel movies. So, uh, Steve, I'm actually going to start with you on this one because you're the one who watched this first and told us it was worthwhile watching. Um, because, if, guys, if you don't know, we've made a rule that on something like this, if it's not something huge, and there's not really any positive reviews about it, we're not going to watch it unless one of the four of us will actually like it.
2: Or unless someone requests it.
1: Or unless someone requests it, yes. So, Steve, what about this documentary made it a collector's item?
4: Um, Like you mentioned earlier, I really liked that most of it was um, Stan telling his life story himself. I thought that was a very interesting take. Um, just hearing him recount his story, um, I also liked the model thing. To me, it reminded me like of the train models of how they set the scenes for it. Um, it was very interesting. a sort of like unique perspective. Um, I liked. I'm not a big comic books person, but I like to hear the history of of where some of these characters that I enjoyed as a kid came from, especially like um, Spider Man. I mean, I'm watching Spider Man on the Electric Company, and realizing where the origin came from, of of there. So I really enjoyed that. Um, it gave me some perspective. I mean, we'll talk about it later about the sort of the disagreement between him and I can't remember the other person, but I could talk more about that later. But I'd say those are the two standouts that he told the story himself and the just the unique perspective of using the models to tell the story. What about you, Derek? Um,
1: Yeah, I like the fact that it was in his own words. Um, Kate?
2: <laughs> wow, really? I loved this documentary. I thought it was great. I was so glad that Steve requested it. Um, it made me fall even more in love with Stan Lee. I... I've never been the biggest comic book fan. Like I didn't, I think I only owned a couple Captain America, actual comic books. Um, but I, I loved it. I think that this is just as compelling of a story to me as um, the creation of Disney. It's different. It's different, but I just, um, his drive and, and everything that he went through and having the I just thought it was fascinating. I'm Derek, I'm I'm shocked that oh man. Uh let's see what else was good about it. Um I did like that it was mostly in his own words. Um I love that they interviewed his wife. Um I just really it, I think it made me even more appreciative of the stories of Marvel, knowing where Marvel came from. Um I loved it. Pete, what about you? My goodness.
3: Um I'm not, I'm going to try not to repeat the same thing you guys said. Cause I agree with your positives. Um, I do like that. They, you know, kind of, you know, seeing behind the scenes of the comic industry, I, for how much I'm a fan of Marvel movies, I'm, I was not a big comics kid at all growing up. Um, So I never was really, I was never really into comics other than like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And that, you know, they had those comics when I was really little, but as a teenager, it was, you know, it was more animated like TV shows and things like that. It wasn't comics. Um, But I do think it's very fascinating that industry, how the, the, the aspect of it that they tried to. You know, got to a point where they were like, we want to tell stories, uh, in our, with our own voices and tell things, you know, tell things that are more important when they got to the point that they were, you know, getting to like Black Panther and they were trying to talk about what was going on in the world and equality and things like that. I, I just, I just think like, you know, how we talk about like it's a medium, a medium that you can almost use it to teach kids and even like talking about, using, you know, he said, he said, we're not going to dumb down words. We're going to use big words and then kids can go and look up what those words are and they can, you know, it's kind of a a gateway to, to, um, learning. And I, I just, I just, I mean, I don't know if that was actually true or something he said after the fact, but, um, you know, I think that's I think that's one thing that was good to see because to me comics were put down a lot as a as a medium back in the you know, back in those early times, but it's it got kids reading, you know, and that I don't think that
1: was appreciated enough. So I can definitely piggyback on that because as an English teacher of kids who struggle to read, so many of them I can get hooked so many of them with graphic novels, the graphic novel versions of some of the classics we have to read. Right. And definitely just the, if they can get it through the visual and some of the words that can help, especially like things like Shakespeare that is never meant to be read. It is meant to be right. seen. Right. Um, yeah. I really like. I did like the part where now, how much of this was him embellishing stuff, not sure, but the, the say no to drugs series that they did without the approval of the comic sensor board and how he and his publisher basically said, no, we're going to print it anyway. Again, is one of those things where, you know, kind of help using it to teach kids, you know, basically right and wrong in the big picture. Okay. Now, so that's what we liked about it. Pete, what about this should have thrown away in the recycle bin? Um,
3: so I was glad that they touched on it at all, which is his penchant for taking all the credit for everything because he he did that for a lot of years. was basically, basically, it was a case of like, everything was my idea. These other people were nothing but a pencil. And, um, so very, very famously, um, you know, especially in the later years as he was, you know, getting to retirement, everything like that. And they, they touched on that with Jack Kirby. They touched on that with Steve Ditko. Those, those, those were really the only two comic artists that they, touched on in this documentary and there were way more than that that were involved with Marvel obviously um, those were two of the bigger names Um, you know but the but even so the way that they showed it there were like oh look at Jack Kirby did so much and you know he gave you know he was always like in the credits and things like that it makes it sound like well it wasn't really that big a deal but it really was a big deal that he like he kind of tried to deny those guys any credit for the work that was done i mean he was you know i'm not saying that he was a bad guy necessarily
1: but he was kind of a bit of an egoist and 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 we'll definitely dive into that here in the next question also yeah Yeah. so um
3: my biggest concern going into this documentary that it was going to be all sunshine and lollipops and i was glad that at least it had a little bit of that in there, but I really, I kind of wish they had talked about that more. Um, some of the, some of the issues with him a little bit more than they did. So that, that would be my biggest thing that I would have liked to have seen, like more of a fair, you know, a balanced, um, discussion. What about you, Steve? Any, anything else Um, that stood out to you? I'm
4: going to say the same thing. Um, I felt like the thing with Jack Kirby sort of came out of the blue in the documentary. Like it was all going fine, and all of a sudden you hear about this disagreement. It's like okay, we talked about it and then moved on, sort of like a yeah. quick here. Um, I wish it was more that balanced to really get into into that discussion a little bit more. Whereas I know it's supposed to be about him, but. I felt it was sort of like with Walt Disney and Ub works of, Oh, by the way, yes, we'll mention this, but not really get into that story, which that's what would interest me. Yeah. You know a little bit more of that. Um, it was very much, um, done to make Stan Lee look great, mm-hmm. you know, in all those positive things. Um, so that's what I'd say. Derek, what would you say? Um,
1: it was, It was an hour and a half or a little longer that I thought could have been shorter um, because they repeated some stuff a lot, especially about how, well, I wrote it, but they drew it. And sometimes I had to complete, you know, sometimes I didn't even know what they did. So I had to, I had to be the one to redo the story. And they said that they touched on that like four or five, six times. It felt like maybe it just seemed like that to me. Um. I would have liked to have heard more from the people who interacted with him. Honestly, um, not just everything he said and his wife saying good things about him. I would have liked to hear from some not so nice things that people said about him. Um, I would have liked to hear from. Did he have any you know people he hung out with? Did he, what was his relationship with, I don't know, other people, the marketing people would have been fascinating because there was a time there where you couldn't find, you not only found Spider-Man and everything, but you couldn't find some of the superheroes on anything. Um, I would like to get him gone a little bit further into the X-Men, because that was like a two-minute segment out of this whole thing was, oh, by the way, I'm going to have X-Men. Yeah. I, so.
3: I was... I was fine with the personally fine with the length. I thought I thought it like just as it was getting towards the end was when I started to be like,
1: OK, this needs to wind down. And it did. Mm-hmm. So I was OK with that. myself. Kate, anything you'd add about what you didn't know, what might not have worked for you?
2: Um. So the only thing that I might have changed is I would have liked to see more. They did a lot of that um, animation that you were talking about, Derek, the mm-hmm. the. Claymation almost figures, yeah. Um, and I would have liked—I think—have seen more if there were more like videos of him, of actually him, and like pictures of actually him, um, as opposed to the little claymation figures. Which I'm glad that there was something there, and it wasn't just a blank screen. But, um, and I—I I would agree. I would have loved to have hear from, um a little bit from other people um, because it was pretty much just kind of a one-sided conversation. Uh, Like I would have liked to have heard Jack Kirby's side of everything that happened and um, the other guy's side. um,
1: More than just that, you know, two minute radio conversation.
2: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, Oh, shoot. There was one more thing and now I can't remember what it was. Shoot. Can't remember what it was. I had another thing, but, uh, I think it's just mostly, um, yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way until you said it. I hadn't thought about getting a little bit more of the negative side of him because it did paint him. In my opinion, it painted him in a really good light. Oh, for sure. Um, and I don't, particularly know a lot of scandal behind Stanley, like there was scandal behind Walt Disney. So I, yeah, I guess I would have been interested to hear a little bit more if, if there was a lot of scandal or negativity, I would have liked to have heard yeah. a little bit more about that because I left this documentary being very pro
0: Stanley.
3: Yeah. So he, and and they, they touched it on there. Um, when it got into like the 70s and he became more of a um uh the face of the company, um he was always kind of the face of the company in that you know he would write the editorials and everything and Excelsior, Stanley Excelsior, you know, and but he I think in the 70s he was the face in that he would go out on interviews and he would, you know, do a lot of press. So he really became synonymous with Marvel. And I think in doing that, they downplayed the work of others. And so I wouldn't, so I wouldn't say it's like this huge scandal. He was this awful person per se. He was just a good salesman for both Marvel and himself. And in doing so, he probably left some, uh, some wounded pride (laughs) behind. But I wonder if part of the reason they, they didn't really have much Is I wonder how many interviews are out there with some of these other artists, because I mean, we are really talking about, you know, a lot of this prime time was fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, is there, is there a lot of media? I mean, nowadays there's interviews, you know, you interview the, 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 the grip on the movie, you know, or whatever. (laughs) But, uh, but back then, I wonder if the other artists even really had a voice. So, um, I wonder if that's why we didn't see it. But but they certainly could have been a little more
1: even-handed with it for sure. And that kind of does lead us into our third question. So is Stan Lee the Walt Disney of comic books? Is he the godfather of the entire medium? Is he the one who should take credit for its massive popularization? Is he everything that is that Walt Disney is to animation is Stanley that to comic books. And Kate, I'm going to start with you on that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say so. Yes. But just like Walt Disney, I mean, to answer your question. Yes, absolutely. But just like Walt Disney had um, a couple of those, those core guys supporting him. I think Stanley also had those two other gentlemen supporting him like it wasn't just him all the time even though he tried to take care of it for it like pete said um but yeah i mean talk about a rags to riches story and started from the bottom now we're here um creating something in my opinion to better the world to bring joy and and comedy and hope um, especially at a time during World War II where there was not a lot of hope, um, I think, and just just his entrepreneurial spirit and uh, God, I just I'm such a big fan. Um, although now I'm like, should I not be a big fan? I don't know. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I I I love. Uh, yeah, yes, I would say he is. He is the Walt Disney of comics. Pete, what do you think?
3: Well, it's it's a tough thing because Walt Disney revolutionized so much of entertainment. In, in in in, I mean, not just not just cartoons, but movies and television, and I mean, theme all of those things are what they are today with how he developed things. And I, I would also say, I, I know there was the conflict between him and Ub and things like that. But I think, especially in the later years, Walt did give a lot of credit to his artists and things like that. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, if there's, let's, let's put it this way. If there's a name in comic books, that's the equivalent of Walt Disney. It's Stan Lee because, he did have his hand. And I mean, regardless of what level of credit he should be giving other people, he had his hand in all these characters that they mentioned. He had his hand in captain America and Hulk and iron man and fantastic four and the spider man. And, you know, so almost every big Marvel character from the forties to the eighties you know, the to, to the X Men even you know, the, uh which I guess was, was that late seventies, early eighties, probably X Men. Um, he he had his hand in those things, and you know, did bring comics more to the mainstream, and and you know, so I and and you know, bringing people into contact with the artists, because in those Marvel books they would have you know, the notes, Stanley would write the notes and everything like that, or they, you know, so I, 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 I think not to the extent that Walt Disney is, but yes, he's the, he's probably the, he's certainly the Mount on the Mount Rushmore of comic books. Let's put it that way yeah. for sure. So Steve,
4: Um Pete, I want to agree with you. I mean, he's up there, but not quite on the same level. Um I think I look at the DC side growing up, the superheroes that I was more into was the DC side. So I think the Marvel side was missing there. Um, where I think Disney's so much impacted so many of the things that people started copying what he was doing or trying to implement the same things. Um, so I'm going to say with you, of uh, definitely it was a Mount Rushmore of comics. His face has to be up there, but not necessarily the only, only person. Derek, what would you say?
1: Not even close. Not even close to the influence of Walt Disney. First, Pete, uh, just as a point of information, X-Men 1963. Oh, holy cow, that early, huh? Yes, when they came out. Um, Because that's all, he talked about it with the people that are different. That was, um, yeah. I Have a Dream speech was 63. Kennedy being killed was 63. So, that uh, Vietnam was starting up was in the early six early to mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Now, US wasn't as involved as they were, but yeah, 1963 is when, um, is when X Men came out. Um, you guys talk about him being on the Mount Rushmore of comics. He can be up there with a couple slaveholders. I get it because it seems appropriate. <laughs> um this is the documentary that Walt Disney would have made if he wanted to promote Walt Disney because him. Yes. In the end, he gives a little bit of credit, but no one ever got more credit than Walt Disney on anything. So in that way, yeah, he's kind of like Walt Disney. Um, Kate, you said he bettered the world with all these different comics and all that kind of stuff. He just took over from someone else on some of these. He on Captain America was out. He came in and they were already making Captain America comics. So he didn't come up with Captain America. He didn't know. And it didn't say he did either. No, but I'm just saying the whole giving him credit for all these different characters. Some of the ones that he started with that was made him popular. He didn't come up with. He just took those characters over.
2: See, I
1: thought Spider-Man was his first Fantastic Four
3: Fantastic Four was was his first real Um, but Spider-Man was
1: very early too Spider-Man was early, yeah, Fantastic Four was first Um, again, I think if you talk about him using other people to further himself yeah, he is the Walt Disney of comic books if you talk about the so wide of influence if you look at it until realistically until the iron man movie came out marvel was not nearly as popular in this country wasn't even close to as popular in this country until the until the mcu started that is what i
3: I would say this spider-man was probably spider-man
1: was way up there but everything else no (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah, because there was—I mean, Spider-Man in the seventies and eighties. There were the cartoon shows, yeah. But even those had kind of died out in the nineties. But but I'll agree, it was you know, growing up, it was
3: all Super Friends and you know, Batman and (laughs) yeah, and the um, um, I mean, the big, the biggest one back then was the Incredible Hulk
1: because you got the you had the TV show, yeah, the TV show, yes, that was. Did it go two seasons? Maybe. I think it went like 3. It wasn't it three? It wasn't on a super long time. Yeah, the Luke for oh, yeah. incredible Hulk, yeah. Yeah. Um but I have a hard time saying he's the Walt Disney of anybody is the Walt Disney of anything. Just right. because you can't put Walt into one category. It's you I mean the first one of some of the first very super popular comics were the Mickey Mouse comics. Those were some of the first comics to go completely worldwide were the Mickey Mouse comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got his working with the merchandisers, his yeah. working with. He,
3: he was, they were really the first Walt, uh, the Walt Disney company was really the first to merchandise a character and put it everywhere.
1: Yeah. Cause Mick, the original Mickey was everywhere. Right. Um, and it made Walt a ton of money, to but, the, um, but
3: that's my point though, that he, he was so like even television very early on oh, Walt studios yeah. wanted nothing to do with television because it was the competition. And Walt yeah. said, wait a second, this is great. Cause I can get directly to people f- with fairly
1: cheap shows. And he was the first one to film in color. Like, all of those original World of Color... All those original Disneyland shows were actually filmed in color. Yeah. Just... And he just... Because he knew that someday people were color TVs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: So... no, he, he was really, I mean, and again, I, you know, you can, you can say whether he took credit for a lot of people's work. I mean, he was which the he boss, did. which he did, well, he did, but you know, right. so did Steve jobs. So does oh, yes. Elon Musk. So does, I mean, every, every person that's in a position, um, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg. They Zuckerberg.
1: all do. Right. And I'm not saying any of them are right to do it.
3: um, well but. but when you're the but when you're the face of the company sometimes it makes sense. Walt, Walt eventually became Uncle Walt. He was on TV every week and people loved him. I grew up loving Uncle Walt. He was dead for 10 years for 15 yeah. years oh, yeah. when I was watching him and I didn't even know it cuz I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And you were watch you'd still watch him on your TV every Sunday and it and like yeah. you know
1: so he and i totally agree but he was never a person to say if a person said yeah you know i'm the one that you know i can you no know, the sherman brothers are the ones that came up with the basically the storyline of mary poppins he never said no i told you to do mary poppins so i'm really the one who created the story right that no is, he didn't do that yeah right so again and stanley did do that so
2: i don't really understand why they couldn't be co-creators like, why couldn't?
1: Because he's a glory hog, <laughs> ego, and a yeah, jerk. He's, yeah, he's my one redeeming factor of Stan Lee is he was married to his wife for so many years and they seemed very much in love with their entire marriage. That's about all I have positive to say about Stan Lee.
4: Wow. See, we well,
1: see, I, I I,
2: watched I... the same documentary.
1: Yes, we did. Wow. I cannot forgive the way he treated people. I have a huge problem with. Wow. So, and even, like, even today, there are still lawsuits between Marvel and the families of the animators. Like, Disney's in with, um, oh, is it the, the guy who helped cre- co-create Spider-Man? Um, Kirby? Yeah, Kirby. He's in, Disney and Marvel are in a lawsuit with his family about... How much royalties should he get still today? Because Stanley didn't give him the credit. And so this is still going on because he didn't want to acknowledge anybody else's help. So, okay. As we always do on the basis of the documentary alone, not what you feel about Stanley. Pixie Dust Cup ratings out of five. Kate. What you got?
2: I'd give it a solid three and a half.
1: I'm going to
3: give it a three. I I did enjoy it for the most part. As I said, I felt it was a little light on the bad side of not even a little light. It was very light on the bad side of Stanley, but I still think it told the story of Marvel. Well, so I give it a three.
4: I also give it a solid three. I liked it. Derek. Um
1: I'm gonna give it a two and a half just because it's not as bad as some of the stuff I've given a two to. But it's I'm right between a two and a two and a half, to be perfectly honest. I had a hard time. Now then again, I'm not a Marvel guy. So this is one of those where if you're not a Marvel guy, paying attention to the guy who created all the Marvel, it was kind of a hard watch. But to me, I'm going to go two and a half, just to honestly kind of give it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to comp to accommodate for my- how much of it is me not liking Marvel, but yeah. I thought there were I thought there were issues with the documentary itself. So, all right. Also going on this week, we watched Secret Invasion episode four: The Quest for a Longer Nap. <laughs> um it was, like, you know, it was a very short episode. Shorter, it was a shorter nap because it was only 30 minutes long. Um basically we confirm Rodi is a scroll. Um yeah, he's a woman sc- scroll and he's too. A female scroll, yeah. Uh Gaia comes back to life which we all figured that was going to happen. Yeah, um, thank God they didn't drag that out though. That was it was oh, like yeah, right that, at the beginning like of the, the episode it was like okay well yeah. good. <laughs> um the attempt to assassinate the president a uh, uh gravik Did i get that right gravik gravik hmm. their group tries to assassinate the president and make it look like the russians um in that fight uh, Thal- uh thalos dies um killed by gravik and uh, nick fury and his wife essentially split because all this time she's been trying to manipulate him and has now been ordered to kill him and there's a real interesting there was a real interesting scene though where basically they both had their gun at each other and they fired and they both missed on purpose so that was neither one of them really actually. wanted to kill the other yeah. person that was a pretty solid scene yes um and then the whole you know would you have loved me if you'd known who if he'd known who I was the entire time? And he said, "I guess we'll never know." So, um, I'm not convinced we've seen the last of those two together, and the, any kind of a, I don't think that's the resolution to their relationship at all. Nope. nope. Um, and I've already seen some previews for episode five that make things at least a little interesting, but, um. It was interesting, drama having uh, Groot's ability to shoot out, like at least what to me looked like the stuff he shot out looked like, like, the, branches. like the branches and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um. But one interesting part is when they talk about the uh, gal that uh, Fury's wife took over from essentially, and she essentially had her blessing to assume her personality. Um. Don't know if you guys noticed in the background but either as the scroll or as the original scientist she's the one of the one that did a lot of the research into the X-Men and what made the X-Men and how the X-Men were mutants. Yeah, there was because there's a couple shots in the background of a book written by her. Yeah. A, so mutants are coming. And mutants, oh, I think, well, are coming rather that. quickly. No, no, yeah. no. Mutants are coming, and I think mutants are coming rather quickly. For sure, yeah. Um, if nothing else, they're officially coming in Deadpool. But right. Deadpool's always kind of been off on its own. But it's one of those where the mutants are coming, and I, they keep dropping all these like, little breadcrumbs along. So, guys, I guess my big question is... Was there anything in this episode that was truly that surprising?
2: Oh shoot! <laughs> no, I I watched four and five, and now
1: Kate, look at your Facebook chat. I, I give you the summary. No, of I, I know, here. but
2: there's one thing that keep you all keep talking. <laughs> okay. actually- I will say,
4: I love Olivia oh. Coleman's character. Can't remember her name, but. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> she, wasn't she wasn't in this episode
1: at all. Episode.
4: She was okay. she was in this episode. She was in this episode just a tiny bit. Yeah. Okay. She wasn't. Yeah, very, I watched very, one very this morning. But so.
2: Did you watch five, Steve?
4: I'm all caught up. So I watched okay. four and five. Okay. Am I the only one that hasn't watched five? I've not watched uh, five. So that's why I'm probably confused. I watched yeah. four and five. So. Um, so so I'll tell you
3: the intro. I keep trying to figure out what my issue is with this show because it should be in my wheelhouse. That I tend to like generally, with the exception of I love the Guardians movies. I tend to like um, the my favorite Marvel stuff is when it's kind of grounded in reality. Not, I mean, I, none of it's grounded in reality, but you know what I mean. Like it's more n- not wizards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and space creatures and things like that so uh, i mean i, I realized there's aliens in this but i was like i was kind of looking forward to this series because it was like a spy story and i was like oh this is you know this but the problem i i feel like i'm having with this series is like this is a big deal this you have these aliens and there's a million of them on the planet hiding in plain sight and where the and hell are the and avengers and they're taking well no it isn't even that it's like the whole thing is so small scale. I mean, even the the thing with the, you know, he's he's going to kidnap the president and he's got like two helicopters and twelve guys. You know, I mean, this this is like a this supposed to be this big war. And the one side is Fury and Talos, <laughs> it's basically two people, and then the other side is like Gravik and like 20 people, it feels like. And and it's just, it's just like, it's it the show feels so small scale to me and Marvel, Marvel rarely feels this small scale as this show did. It's like they realized how much money they were spending on these shows and they weren't making their money back. And they said on this series, we're going to cut the budget way back and we got to pay Sam Jackson. So we have no money to actually have like big Events, so it's you know, I mean, this is the biggest thing that happened so far is a, a convoy of five trucks attacked
1: by two helicopters since we didn't see a lot of explosion aftermath in the first one. Yes, yeah,
0: it just to me, it just feels
2: kind of thrown together, like, all right, how can we
1: we need to get the scrolls involved and theory yeah. we've got under contract.
2: And like, is anybody real? I don't know. It, it just, I want to like it. it it's not grabbing me. No. Like, I wish it would. Especially when you have the rock star cast that they have with Olivia Coleman and Emilia Clark and Sam Jackson and Don um, Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah, I mean, there's have- some, there's some really good, Scenes, Mm -hmm. right? There's some really good scenes between these characters, but the overall thing is just not coming together. In my my feeling, I don't know. I said it just it almost feels like a Marvel play,
1: especially (laughs) because in the beginning of this episode, they talked about the attack and said, "Make it huge, make it put on an extreme show to make it look like it's the Russians." Right? You got 20 guys and like three more vans and a couple of helicopters and that's the Russians making a big deal of kidnapping the president. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then he uses his group powers, which are like, well, now it's clearly not. No. no. The Russians have
1: group powers? What's going on? Well, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. The trick on that is no one saw him use the group powers type thing. But uh, no, no, like the president didn't see him and the president so far the only one we know we can trust. So and even then hmm. Yeah, so I know it's just we've got two episodes left
3: and and I also don't get how they're going to wrap this up in two episodes. But
1: we'll see. I don't think I don't think there's any way they can just because the scrolls are still going to be around. They may be able to get they may be able to get rid of uh, graphic, maybe. But even then, if he's got the regenerative powers, how do you get rid of him?
3: Yeah, but there, I mean, there were a whole bunch of people that had Extremis and Iron Man 3, and they killed them all. So, yeah, it's, fair enough. It's, um, I'm sure they could find a way, but it, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, I, this, is, this isn't this is the worst Marvel show, She Hulk, but, um, Ms. Marvel, it's, 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 I would put it above Ms. Marvel. I, I don't, there's not much I would put below it so far. Uh, again, I'm gonna, Watch it through the end. I'm definitely um yeah curious enough to watch it through the end, but this is definitely one I'm I don't ever see revisiting. Oh
1: no. No, no, I I can guarantee this whenever we'll never get a revisit and we can pray there's not a season two. So
2: I don't th- I think this will be a filler show. I don't think there will be a secret a season two. I think it's that' a bad
1: no. filler lately, I, is it bad that lately I've gotten that feeling on a lot of the Marvel shows. They're kind of filler shows?
2: Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, a couple of them,
1: yes, are setting up basically the new iteration of characters. Like, you've got the new Hawkeye. You've got Ms. Marvel, obviously, was a, you know, a prequel to the Marvels, but... Well, the first few felt important WandaVision, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, those two definitely... And, and so Loki, much different than Loki.
3: I would say those three felt very important to the overall story since then. then since then, I don't think any, and, and again, I, I, I really loved moon Knight, but it didn't feel important. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> and, yeah. And it, it, I love it. That that's not something. And, but, and part of me says, okay, if the planets and everything are, if the sky is being manipulated and moved, how is that not a big, bigger deal around the world? I mean, I'm just, I mean, let's talk about the Eternals. All of a sudden the earth has this big rock statue of a person sticking out of it and no one's saying anything. <laughs> um, I mean, the last, well, you know, since, really- since the first, first
3: Avengers and the alien invasion, and everything that everybody's, everybody just kind of shrugs everything off. It's like, ah, half the people died. Mm. Yeah. I oh, can, uh,
1: can you do. I can't do. They're all back. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So, Kate, what have we got for the Disney Plus news?
0: Yeah, Disney Plus
2: news. As I'm not muted right now. Okay, good. Um as a casualty of the writer strike, production on the live action Moana has been paused. And I want I this kind of goes with with that, but I hope everybody listening to this and I think that I speak on behalf of the tuners and please correct me if I don't um you know we we love obviously we wouldn't be doing What Tune if we didn't love Disney Plus and love the Disney Plus shows um all of that being said I again I hope that I speak with the rest of the tuners that we do support our actors and writers um in this strike um and we want everyone to be able to make a living wage and to be compensated correctly for their art and their work, whether that is streaming shows, whether it's writing shows, acting. Um, So I just wanted to make a blatant statement for anybody listening to this, that um, like we, as a platoon, you all agree with me, right?
4: Oh yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I, you can say if you don't, but um,
3: no, it's, it's, it's easy to think of, of actors as, you know, multimillionaires um, and, right? And, yeah. As as right. Uh, Tom Cruise or whatever, and you know that, that is nuts. that is like point 0.1% of the Actors right. Guild. Right. The Actors Guild is is mostly people that are you know showing up to auditions every day and maybe occasionally get a a Charmin bathroom commercial, correct. Uh, correct? And you know, really are kind of uh, you know struggling day to day.
4: Right. writers
3: are I would argue probably the most important piece of yes media um yes more more so I mean <laughs> not that not that actors aren't important but you can there's many actors you can put into something right. whereas the writers v- verse is telling us the story yeah. and so you know you think of the greatest right. uh you think of the greatest shows and a lot of them come from the the writer yeah or the writers yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah i totally i totally agree with you yeah, yeah. That, that, so, that like these these uh you know billionaires saying we can't afford to pay these people right is ridiculous
1: yeah, yeah Bob so,
2: <clears throat> right so i i just wanted to come out and say that because i know that it could be viewed that we are Not 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 supporting the strike because we review shows on Disney Plus. We are continuing to support Disney Plus. We are continuing to support streaming services. Um, I just wanted to take a minute to say, like, we do support the writer's strike. We do support the actor's strike and hope that um, it comes to a swift conclusion because I don't like my friends and things to be out of work. I also feel like we are in for some time of terrible television.
1: Yep. But if, we're also in for some time of actually being able to go back into the vault and look at some of the old stuff
2: that is accurate. That is fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I will step off my soapbox now. But last but not least, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three will be debuting on Disney Plus on August second. and, and that's
1: tying it. into that next week's show is Guardians Two. So that gives us Guardians two. then it's gonna we'll basically be doing Guardians Two. We'll be doing <laughs> we'll be doing the end of. Secret Invasion, then we'll be doing Guardians 3. So those are the next three weeks. Also, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be looking at approximately an episode a week of the Star Wars Rebels animated series to prepare us for Ahsoka. For next week, we will be looking at Season 1 Episode 1, the very first episode of Rebels, because that's going to introduce us to three or four very important characters that will be showing up. It's it's a two part episode too. So it's a two part episode. Okay. So, so one and two then. Yeah. So uh, episodes are about 20 minutes each. So that's not too bad. So,
3: guys. yeah. And um, our resident star Wars folks, myself and Gina both feel pretty strongly that Ahsoka, there's a lot of characters in this show that are from rebels and have a very, wide-ranging backstory which you really can't get from just a few episodes but it's also hard to watch 70 episodes of a show in the in a month so you know we're kind of trying to um between the between the two of us and Derek we're looking at what the most important episodes are and also, I'd, you said right, Dave Filoni's recommendation yeah, some as some well. his recommendations too. Yeah, so so at least you're aware of the characters and 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 their relationships and things like that. So,
1: okay. guys, if you have suggestions, because obviously we're gonna need some stuff to watch coming up here with nothing new coming out, uh, please email email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. We will use them. We will have you on if you'd like to be. Uh, we come out with new episodes every Tues every Thursday on YouTube and all the major podcasting services. Or Kate. Pete, Steve, Gina in the background. Thank you, everyone. We will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Howdy, howdy, howdy.
0: Bye. Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon be sure to subscribe to the plus platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week then head over to apple podcast and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the plus platoon visible to even more disney plus fans also go to youtube and like and subscribe to the plus platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon.